Happy New Year! Welcome to Ball Court, the world of basketball. I am Coach Drew. It's been an exciting world of basketball, but stick around. The Lakers are still winning. Brody and the Beard is doing big things, and there may be a change in Philly. Right here on Ball Court. Welcome. It's Ball Court, the world of basketball. I am Coach Drew. Unfortunately, we have to start today on a solemn note. Yes, one of the leaders of basketball, the person who brought basketball to the world, who made the world of basketball what it is, Emerus David Stern has passed away. He died, um, he died January 1st, 2020. One of the greatest men for basketball that we have ever known. He actually changed the platform of basketball. One of the great things that I loved about David Stern was he took what uh, most had seen at that time as a game that was uh, too ethnic, that a game that was uh, too corrupt, too, um, it was too wrapped up in what the dregs of society was doing. It was caught up in gambling. There was a, 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 a great amount of drug use going on at that time. The games, there were fights breaking out in the games constantly. He changed that around. He implemented a, uh, a drug policy in which you will be greatly fined if caught using either, not just performance enhancing drugs, but even if you get caught using any recreational drugs. He made it where now when they weren't seen as hoodlums and thugs, but they were seen as what they were, million dollar businessmen. He took the average player making barely anything, and made him into stars. This man has grown the game in so many ways. If it wasn't for the great thinking of a David Stern, what would have happened after Larry O'Brien retired? What would have happened to the NBA? There would have been no Lucas. There would have been no Yao Mings. There would have been no Giannis. He brought basketball to the world, and the world paid him back tenfold by bringing the greatness to it. We're, he's all going to be missed, and we have a lot of great memories that we have about David Stern. One of my first memories of David Stern growing up in New York was the frozen envelope. You know, the one thing that the conspiracy that changed everything around in New York that brought Patrick Hewitt to the garden. That was one of the things that I actually was like, wow. For the first time, that was my first image of David Stern. And every year, I sat in my living room and waited to see that image over and over again of him welcoming the next person, the next great, to the stage. We knew that once you shake the David Stern's hand, the career has started. Your greatness has now started. So we sit back on the days when we watched that LeBron James, the young LeBron James in that all-white suit as he shook David Stern's hand and David Stern the backstage trying on LeBron's jacket that almost reached to his ankles. But still, he was that kind of person. He was fun-loving, but he was also a disciplinarian. He was also the type of person who wanted things his way. He had a vision for the NBA and he carried it out. He was what all of us should dream to be. A person hard and fast in their morals 
and their conviction, but not too locked in where they're unable to change. So one thing I want to do to go ahead and give a tribute to David Stern, I want to talk about some of the great things that he did and some of the things that really scared me. One of the greatest things that he did was when he banned that, when he banned Michael Jordan's first shoe, when he banned that shoe due to the fact that he had broke the color, uh, the color guidelines for the NBA shoe, the great thing about what he did then, he was able to go back, see what was wrong, and see the opportunities that the shoe industry had for the NBA, and he took advantage of that. That's a great leader, one who could see their wrong and build off of that. So David Stern, you're going to be truly missed. And yes, he was hospitalized on December 12th due to a brain hemorrhage, but he was able to only make it to barely into the new year. At 77, you left a great mark on the world, on our families and our people, and as well as on our game. And we thank you. Next, I want to go on to speak about the Lakers and, such, and something a little bit a little bit more uplifting. I want to go ahead and talk about how the Lakers are back to their winning ways. Yes, we all watched on Christmas Day where they took a loss to the Clippers. But the Lakers did not falter. They lost another game after that, but they came back showing some winning ways. The games that I really want to highlight to show what the Lakers have been doing is a couple games. First, I want to talk about that Lakers versus Suns game. One... 117 to 107. The score shows that it was a very close game, but if you watched that game, if you sat down and got to watch those first three quarters, you would have seen it wasn't that close of a game. A matter of fact, in the first half, they had them up by, I believe, 22 to, I believe it was 25 points that they were up at one point, even reaching as amount of 31. The Suns, of course, turned it, turned it around. They came back. They lost by 10. A lot of people got scared. A lot of people got nervous. I got nervous. I'm watching the game. I'm like, come on, what's going on? Here's what my assessment of it was. You, we kept in LeBron and Anthony Davis way too long during that third quarter, keeping that stretch going a little bit too long and not having them play all the way until the middle of the fourth quarter. Now, as, and that's my viewpoint that I saw as a fan. As a player, we're in January. This is a long stretch going this time. You got, uh, you got a month to go, a month and a half before you get to the All-Star game. The season has already well, is well into the season. That, the new of the season is starting to wear off. These are the dog days of basketball. There's going to be a lot of comebacks. There's going to be a lot of wins that are kind of sloppy-looking wins. There's going to be some ugly-looking wins. There's going to be ugly basketball during this time. I understand that. Granted. I definitely can understand that. And when you, watch the, when you watch the Lakers on a whole, you can see that's exactly what's taking place. It's just ugly basketball just during this time. But they can clearly show that they can dominate at any time. Let's, let's go ahead and take a look at the next game. Hold on. Before we get off of that game, I want to talk about how LeBron James played in that game. He was an absolute magician. I'm talking a triple-double, a 31-point triple-double at that. And... The fact of the matter that he had 12 assists in that game is going to go ahead and highlight the new style of, that they're playing with. I love the Lakers style. 
It is the Lake Show Revisited, and it is absolutely beautiful. As a matter of fact, I want to go ahead and dive into that a little bit further. Let's talk about Anthony Davis, how he played against the Pelicans. Wow. Wow. You ever go back to your old job, and you know that your new job, now you're doing a lot better? That's how he showed up. He came up in there like he had his new boo, and he showed up at his old girlfriend's house. And he was stunting on them. It looked ugly. I'm going to tell you the truth. He had 46 points. Yeah, there's nothing you could do with that. Even though the team on a whole had only 123 points, he had 46. People say, well, LeBron only had 17. Okay. Did he need more? No. It At that point, at that level, right there where everybody sat around and said, we gave up way too much. Lakers gave up too much to get Anthony Davis. Who else scored 46 points? The Because uh, I remember we gave up Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball only had 21 points in that game. And don't get me wrong, he had an amazing fast break defense lately, especially since the trade rumors started to come around. Lonzo Ball has been coming into his own. But let's stop and think about it. Let's take a look at these highlights here. When you go down and you watch what Anthony Davis was doing during that game, he was moving it. He was, he was attacking. He, he's attacking the basket. He's going at the basket on pick and rolls, going back and forth. How are you going to stop him if he's going on the weekend? He's going to take it in at you. He's going to be the type of person that is very hard to stop. He's, Anthony Davis is a higher level of player, and clearly Pelicans could not handle that. So when you even take a look at the, at the tape, it shows you how are you going to stop him? How are you going to contend against an Anthony Davis? And if you do get to go to Anthony Davis, we're going to go ahead and take a look at the tape again because you got the other players around him, like a Kyle Kuzma, like a Danny Green. Watch Danny Green. Danny Green went off for 25 last night. So, yes, you gave up a couple players, but we got Anthony Davis. Yay! That was worth it. Whatever he had was worth it. And I don't want to say, before we go, I'm not going to take anything away. Lonzo Ball had a great play, that great dunk. He had a breakaway play. He was playing a very good game. But you're just no match for the Lakers at this moment in time. They're, they're just on that level. And I, I just got to say it. It's the Lake Show all over again. If you're not happy about this, why are you watching basketball? I, this is See, the only thing that should make you upset about that the Lake Show is playing at this level right now is that the Celtics are not. Yes, that was a shot at you, Boston. Gotta love me. Anyway, let's go to Philly. Philly, 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 Philly. <laughs> Funny enough, Christmas Eve, I sat down with uh, the host of The Blitz. We were talking. Uh, we were talking about basketball. You know, that's what we do here at CWN Sports. We get together. We all sit around. We talk about sports. That's how we. That's how we have fun. So me and Malik hosted a blitz. We're going on, going back and forth. He's telling me about Philadelphia 76ers. I told him the 76ers are a quality team. If Joel Embiid can play at Joel Embiid's level, they're going to be a tough team to beat in the East. But I don't think they're going to be able to stop go against the Bucks and beat the Bucks. 
Needless to say, they thrashed the Bucks, 121 to 109. Now, if you have been watching basketball, which I hope you have, Milwaukee Bucks right now are the number one team in the East. And they completely stomped them, 121 to 109 on Christmas Day. But like I was telling Malik, it could be just a hype of the situation. Yes, you have some great athletes in that locker room, but there's something missing about them. There is something missing. And this is what I'm saying. After that 121 to 109, let's take a look at the next three games after that. Because I'm not even going to talk about last night's game against Houston. Not yet, at least. Let's take a, take a look at the next three games after that. Orlando, they beat you 98 to 97. Lose to Miami, which is a quality team. One of the best teams in the East. 117 to 116 in overtime. You stop and think to yourself, what could have done that? What's the catalyst? What's changing? What's, what right now is the thing that's holding them back from winning these games? Uh, they, they lost to Indiana, 115 to 97 in a blowout fashion. Josh Richardson, after that, he started talking about that there's no voice in the locker room. There's no accountability in that locker room that's going on. Now, I'm a huge, huge believer in that you can't blame the athletes. These are all-star athletes. Ben Simmons is an all-star athlete. Yes, he needs to spread the floor a little bit, get those three points going up, stop being afraid to shoot those threes. I Granted, but he's an all-star. Joel Embiid, all-star. Uh, Horsford, he's an all-star. He's stretching the floor. But what is it? Why aren't they doing it? Why? Where is that lack of accountability taken, coming from? And my thing is, it's Brett Brown. Hands down. You got to get rid of that coach. The coach is no longer the voice of, of, of fear or intimidation. He's not, he's not sparking anything in that locker room. You could tell they're turning a deaf ear to him. Now, I'm going to jump into that uh, Houston game last night. I watched that Houston game. And clearly, you can see by the second quarter, they didn't want to play anymore. They looked just like the, uh, the teenage kids that I saw over at the 24-hour fitness after they ran their fifth game and they were literally walking up and down the court. That's exactly how they looked. What, uh, what's going on in Philly? You have to stop and think. There got to be a change. There have to be a different voice. Because when we look back at that Miami game in that overtime, what is pushing Miami over the top? What's giving Miami that little extra that they need? And it's not like it's coming from one player. All these players are giving in. All these players are buying in. It's there's a voice in the locker room that's, that, that's speaking of accountability and holding people accountable. There's a voice telling you, say, hey, these veterans should be doing this. Bam, you need to be doing this. Hero, you should be doing this. And that voice is Jimmy Butler. Once Jimmy Butler left that Philadelphia locker room, there is nobody speaking accountability in that locker room anymore. Nobody's holding anybody accountable. There's nobody challenging everybody. Every team needs that one person that's going to push them over the top. You need a Kobe to come in there and make you feel like you're small. Either you're going to be a part of this team, you're going to be a part of this legacy, or you can leave. Dwight Howard, he left, but he came back, and guess what? He filled the same role that Kobe wanted from him. And now look at him. Brett Brown, I'm telling you, your days are numbered over there, especially if they keep on playing like this, 
If you do not pick up another win in the next two weeks, and I'm not talking just another any win because you haven't really, you only got one win against any team over 500. I'm talking about a quality win. If you're not picking that up in the next two weeks, you will not see the All-Star game, Brett Brown. I promise you that. Next, we're going to go on to Luca. Luca, Luca, Luca. Yes, Luca Legend and the Dallas Mavericks have been actually just phenomenal. Luca dropped 16 points in the fourth quarter against the Nets, going 123 to 111. He had 42 points overall. Now, it's hard to sit here and say that Luca is not what everybody's not worth all the hype because he clearly shows you every single day he is. We sit around and we think to ourselves, how could there be any more hype behind Luka Doncic? How? How? It's like he's, he's right now tying the great, one of the greatest players to play the game right now. He's have uh, stats that tie the greatest player to play the game ever. What could, what could he do possibly to elevate his stardom? And guess what? Luca signed with Jordan Brand. That's one way you can do it. Sign with the greats. Yes, he moved his stardom up just another notch, signing with that Jordan brand. And also, another great thing to keep that stardom high in the sky, Luca, Luca, Luca. Yes, he is the leading vote-getter with the All-Star right now for the Western Conference. I understand. Yes, I know this is the first time we're getting the results back from the first fan votes. But right now, he is the leading vote-getter. By a lot. He's over Giannis and over LeBron. Just to say. So it might be Team Luca this year in Chicago. You might see Team Luca. I'm hoping for Team LeBron, but I know how it works out. The fans do vote. Now, not to mention, I have to talk about one of the best three point shooters this year, or one of the best three point shooter percentage that we've seen this year 43%. We have to talk about this kid because he is absolutely on fire. Um, S. Curry. Seth. I'm sorry, Golden State. Just keep on waiting a little bit longer. Things are going to work out. But yes, Seth Curry, he is absolutely lighting it up. 25 points, two rebounds, one steal. I'm not saying he's moving the ball like his brother, but he's definitely shooting like his brother. 43% from the three-point range. He's absolutely lighting it up. I have to say, I'm very much impressed with what he's doing over there. Great game, great balling, great things. Now, I, I want to give a shout out before I get going. Before I go to, because I know I've been talking for a while. We're about to go to break. But before I go to break, I gotta, we got to talk about certain things that has popped off over the decade. This is our first show of the year. First show of the decade, as a matter of fact. And I want to talk about some of the decade's best. So let's go ahead and give a shout out to uh, some of the best ones of the decade. First and foremost, DeAndre Jordan. You know, he was the best rebounder of the decade. Shout out DeAndre, beasting over there. And his former teammate, Chris Paul, one of the best passers. I loved it when they had Lob City going on. I'm a Miss Lob City, even though it wasn't a Clippers uniform. And Chris Paul wasn't in a Lakers uniform. Thanks to David Stern, because he blocked that trade when, you know, the NBA had uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. Y'all ain't, or actually they were the New Orleans Hornets at the time. Y'all remember that. That's another thing that David Stern is remembered for. 
stopping Chris Paul from being a Laker with Kobe. That would have been amazing. All right, but another, another people that we're going to talk about some of the best of the decade. James Harden, one of the best scorers of the decade, hands down, hands down. Dwight Howard and Kawhi Leonard, both defensive players of the decade. And I want you to all stop and think. I'm not, I'm not talking about these people who are prisoners of the moment. Are you talking about Kawhi Leonard? Kawhi Leonard, honestly, when he played for the Spurs, one of the best defenders to ever play the game. He could lock down anybody. I'm telling you, if they didn't take his leg out, the Spurs would have won that championship too. Anyway, all right, next, we're going to talk about the number one player of the decade. Yes, three-time MVP, three-time finals MVP, three-time NBA champion, 10-time NBA All-Star, and All-Star NBA MVP. Yes, you know him as LeBron James. Yes, 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 the king himself. LeBron James absolutely was phenomenal. But before, I let, before we get to going, we're going to talk about, real quick, Brody and the Beard. Yes, I talked about him. He was one of the best scorers, so how can we not talk about him now? He, as a matter of fact, what he did last night against Philadelphia, I'm not going to go ahead and really discuss that just for the simple fact that it was against Philadelphia. Their defense was not playing him hard. He was literally able to score any time he wanted. They were so scared of fouling him. I want to talk about their game against the Nuggets. When they had 130 to 104, they beat him. James Harden had 35 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Russell Westbrook had 28 points and 7 assists. We speak of Brody and the Beard. When is it going to fail? It doesn't seem to be failing. Every time I look up during the season, they're picking up big wins in big ways. Now, I know what we're talking about. I know where y'all coming from. Let's talk about this in April. But come April, are they going to be the same Brody in the beard? Or is Brody going to transform into what is needed? We spoke about this on the other show. Russell Westbrook keeps on coming up and doing exactly what is needed in order for the team to win the game. He doesn't, need the, he doesn't need the chairs. He doesn't need all of this. All he needs to see is those Ws. And I'm liking what I'm seeing over there. Now, the Joker, he, he tried. He tried to fight him off with 21 points and four assists. But when you got Brody and the Bears showing up, I'm sorry to tell you. I'm sorry to tell you. You're not going to win. You're not going to win. I want to know, why isn't Jamal Crawford signed yet? What are we doing here? All right, we just talked about a couple teams just now, such as a uh, Philadelphia 76ers who needs a voice in the locker room. We talked about how great the Lakers are doing, but I'm going to tell you the truth, their second unit still needs a little bit more scoring. You need a little bit more pop coming off of the bench in that second unit, especially if you're going to contend in the West. We spoke about the Houston Rockets, how they look, you know, with Brody and the beard on the floor. What's going to happen when they're off of the floor? Who comes off the bench to add that? So, names like Jamal Crawford comes up. But still, here's what's actually holding it back. There's other names, there's other people coming back. We think to ourselves, why don't the Lakers sign him? They can sure use those points. Think about it, he had 51 against Phoenix for his last time, 27 in the game before that. So, don't we need those points? Yes, we do. But, there's certain things that hold us back 
from having a Jamal Crawford come back now. With the Lakers, you got to think about it. Darren Collison has now thrown his hat into the ring. He said he wants to come back either for the Clippers or for the Lakers. To be honest with you, for the Clippers, I don't see it making much sense. Darren Collison, he's a great ball handling guard, great three-point shooter, but also him coming off the bench, he's going to take the ball out of the hand of Lou Williams. Lou Williams has been doing great for the Clippers. But for the Lakers, he makes a lot of sense. He's a, he's a scoring point guard with a three-point percentage of 40.9. That means he allows him to spread the floor. It also allows him to run that second unit as well as give Kuzma an opportunity to score in a little bit more. Yes, outside of the Christmas Day game, Kuzma hasn't been doing a lot of big things scoring. Been running his mouth, but not doing a lot of big things, you know? So these are the things that we got to look at. How do we get Jamal Crawford into the league, especially when you got players like that who's a younger player and was a heavily sought-after player last season before he announced his retirement? The new NBA that we're looking at now. You can take a sabbatical, come back, you know, jump on a winning team, grab yourself a championship ring. But where does Jamal Crawford fit in the new NBA? Is the door closing? Is his window of opportunity shutting the closer and closer we get to, um, to All-Star Weekend? Or is his window of opportunity opening up? Because now after All-Star Weekend, we got to take a look. Who are the... Who are the injuries that has happened? Who's an actually content, who's a contender? Who's going to show up in contention? And if you do, let's take a look at this. Let's say luck has it where the Lakers are able to pick up Darren Collison. They're going to get to pick him up at the veteran minimum since he is a free agent. Also, with the uh, break that they got due to uh, Boogie's injury, now they got a little bit extra money to spend. Why not go for Jamal Crawford as a, uh, on the league minimum as well? Get two guards instead of just one. It's just a thought, but it's not my money, so I can't spend it. But right now, I'm going to call Jeannie Bus right now myself to see what I can do. I want everybody to hang around with me. This is Ball Court. I am Coach Rope. This is the world of basketball, and I am the guy talking about basketball. I'll see y'all in a minute. Hang around with me right here on Ball Court. Welcome back to Ball Court. I am Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. And with our world of basketball, we must talk about the college kids too. Because I believe the children are our future. Teach them well, let them lead the way. All right, so we're going to talk about the Oregon Ducks. Number four Oregon Ducks. Now, with this college part that we're talking about, this is just about upsets. Yes, we're talking about the underdog rising up and beating the giant, David versus Goliath. These are the games that we're talking about here today. And that's Oregon 4, number 4 Oregon. I must say they were absolutely defeated by this team. It, how should I put it? Colorado came out to play. Colorado, they showed up. They said, hey, we're going to do this. We're going at this all the way, you know? Um, McKinley Wright, McKinley Wright the fourth. Matter of fact, amazing game. 21 points, eight assists, you know, and five rebounds. But that wasn't it. Tyler Bay 
was moving the ball around. I'm talking he was doing some big things. Had four, he had 15 points, 14 rebounds, a double-double. And that was what helped lead them to that nine-point win over number four, Oregon. Now, I know what you're thinking. Nowadays, in college basketball, it seems like the higher you rank, you got a target on your back. But it goes to show that the parity in college basketball now is something that's worth watching. It makes every game a possible upset. How could you pay a child $150,000 a year to miss out on that? That's an absolute amazing game. The feeling that those youngsters had to have had going back home had to be like, wow, we did it. We did it. And yes, that feeling was not lost on Syracuse. Syracuse did not just beat the number eight Florida State. Number eight Florida State walking into that game against Syracuse was not only just number eight in the nation, but they were undefeated. Nobody this year has beat them. And how did Syracuse do it? In an absolute beautiful fashion, in a game-winning alley-oop. Yeah, 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 we are talking about women. Yep, we won on a game-winning alley-oop from out of bounds on a sideline play. Cutback alley-oop, beautiful layup, game. 90-89. to 89. I'm going to tell you the truth. Florida State players even sat there and watched. They, weren't, they couldn't be upset at that. That was an amazing play. It was an amazing play called by the coach. It was an amazing play by the players. It was executed properly. The timing was right. Everything worked for them to win that game. And I have to say, they went out there. Now, Kia Galepsi for, um, for Florida State, she had an absolute monster of a game. 27 points, 12 rebounds. As, as well as... Uh, Nausea Wolfolk, a guard, 19.6 rebounds. They played basketball. They went out there. They gave it their all. It wasn't like they stole the game. Not like what has been happening in men's basketball where the, the, the Davids of the world has been stealing those games from the Goliaths of the world. This was an all-out boxing match, and they went back and forth. As a matter of fact, I want to give a shout-out to Kara Lewis. For Syracuse, 21 points, 21 points against the number eight team in the nation. She's clearly showing her worth. And Gabrielle Cooper, oh my God, 14 points. These girls combined by themselves for 35 out of the 90 points of the team. Almost half of those points came from them and then combined for 10 rebounds. This is what I'm talking about. The nucleus of college basketball, the parity of college basketball. You see it taking place on the men's side. You see it taking place on the women's side. This is something that must be championed. It's got to keep it going. After, after this, what comes next? Because I know with the men, especially those guys who took down the number four Oregon, I know what's happening next. You're going to see them in the draft. You're going to see them in the G League. You might see them overseas. But you're going to see them moving on. But with the women, what happens? If only a few of them make it to the WNBA and not even getting paid well, the rest that goes overseas, they get lost. We forget about them. I don't want to be sitting around missing out and watching a Kiara Lewis drop 21 points. I, maybe I'm greedy. I want to see this forever. We got to make sure that the WNBA players are getting paid that kind of money because we got to see something like that going on forever. 
I absolutely love what the college has been doing. I love how the upsets has been going. But I want to go ahead and jump across the pond. I want to talk about, for lack, no pun intended, but I want to talk about a hot topic right now. And that topic is the fires that have been raging over in Australia. It's been actually engulfing Australia, and a lot of people has been suffering due to it. And the NBL, the stars are speaking up. The main star that actually started speaking up about the whole thing is a young goat. Yes, a young goat, LaMelo Ball. He actually did a goat move, and he's not even in the NBA as of yet. He's donating one month's salary from his NBL salary to the victims of the, of the Australia uh, wildfires. Now, I know it's a small amount, but he's also, um, he's also helped the NBL and other charities in, in that area jump on board. There's other celebrities now following his suit, but LaMelo has started it all off. Now, I want to go ahead and address this. What LaMelo Ball brings to a community is more than just basketball and more than notoriety. He brought it to Lithuania, and he's bringing it to, uh, he's bringing it to Australia. But the thing that I enjoy about him is his willingness to give back to the same community that he's giving basketball to. It's, yes, he did not have to do that. I, we, I understand there was a lot of Australian players that didn't. He did not have to do that. He did not have to go out and uh, visit with the local kids in the community, but he doesn't. Now, this is the type of player that we want to be the face of the NBA one day. We're looking for him to be the face of the NBA one day. So we have to look at it as it's more than basketball. It is, has to be more than basketball because as David Stern has showed us, this is an international game with the international love that we have to have for it. So the fact that he's humanized things and he's willing to give to the people that are in need and not just give them a great show to watch in the stadiums, but to give them great hope outside of it as well, I applaud you, young ball. I applaud you. And hopefully we're going to be seeing you doing that over here in the United States shortly. But right now, I've got to talk about one main team for the NBL. This is the team that's been on the rise right now. Yes, the Snakes are starting to climb up that ladder. Everybody get nervous. Those Canes tapings are actually moving up slowly, slowly. Over the last two games, first against Phoenix, they came out, dropped 92-84 over the um, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. And Scott Mercado had 29 points, 8 assists, and he made five three-pointers. He was absolutely on fire to help the Snakes move up. Now, here's what really got him, though. When they played against the Bullets, the taping dropped 91 against the Bullets, and the Bullets only had 89. They beat him out. It was a close game, tight game at that. But that tight game helped them move into third, third place right now for the NBL 20. So... With that being said, yes, they're kind of generating that lead. Kings, they're coming for you. They're coming up there. They're raising up. They're moving up. And let's be honest here, Melbourne United is still at the top. There's nothing that could be done. But the tapings, I'm glad that they're moving up, and it's going to look very well come playoff time. Now, I was asked, since we're speaking about the NBL, I was asked if right now the seeding with uh, – LaMelo's team 
with them sitting low, with the Iwara Rockets sitting low in the NBL, does that is that going to hurt his draft status coming into the coming into the league? Is he going to be one of those people who are highly paid uh, and they're not producing the wins that are needed in order to go ahead and be looked at as an elite athlete? Now, here's my comment to that. That all depends on the people that's placed around Lamelo. With the way things are looking right now, you got Lamelo Ball going to first pick. Ten chances to one, that may be New York. Knock on wood. I hope that's not the case for you. But if you are going to New York, you do have oh, some great athletes and great talent around you. You have R.J. Barrett, who's looking great. As a matter of fact, Mitchell, who I think he went 11 for 11 in the game. It was you do have that talent around him, but it may not be the thing that's going to turn around New York, because a New York team cannot be turned around by a player. You have to get rid of Dolan first. You got to get you know change things up there, on a whole. So you cannot say that if he gets to a team that's going to be a make or break situation. He's not the type of player that's a Pat Hewen level player where he's going to come to a team and you could build around that. But he is definitely an asset that's going to be brought to any team. So I do see that even though the Iwara Hawks are sitting low right now in their conference and they're sitting low in the standings, I don't think that's going to hurt his draft status. I still think he's the best player coming out of the draft. I still think he's the most pro-ready player coming out of the draft. I'm not saying he's Michael Porter pro-ready, but he is definitely one of the most pro-ready players. So I want to go ahead and I feel confident about that. And since I feel so confident, I feel the one thing that LaMelo is going to bring to the table is the fact that he's able to move the ball. Yes, move the ball. That's the way it works. And as a matter of fact, that brings us to our next segment, Analyze This. We're going to talk about moving the ball. LeBron James is one of the most prolific passers in the league. And guarantee he moves the ball so well, make sure everybody eats and everybody's touching the ball. I want to go ahead and talk about this in such a level. As a matter of fact, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to the tape. So when we take a look at how, at how LeBron does it, LeBron, he just he sets up. Let's go ahead and take a look here. He moves, hits you right in the corner. He sees the spacing before you see the spacing. He's called everything out. He watches the man cut. And he hits not the direct man cutting, but the backup man cutting to gain that extra, that, that little extra little bit. He's able to see that. He comes up the floor, and what LeBron does when he comes up the floor, he's watching for the pick man. Look at this. Look right here. Look at what happens. When, once your defender comes up, and they've committed to LeBron, and they've said, okay, we're going to go ahead and attack LeBron. Okay, this guy right here, this defender right here. He's up, he's looking at LeBron, his man cuts right behind him, giving LeBron the easy lob right over top. He sees this way before it happens. See, that's the great thing of one of the most phenomenal passes of all time. He has now given you the cheat code to the game. He utilizes the spacing for defense to beat you. Look at this, he sees the man cheating for the double, and what he does, He's able to hit the man in the corner right on the nose. I love what I just saw. I'm talking, that was absolutely pretty. Let's go ahead and watch it again. He, che- he sees you cheating in the double space and hits the man wide open for the corner that's hidden in the corner where the defense is unable to see. 
but at a high level, he is able to watch this every single time. We stop and we think, how does he attack the ball? He attacks and he's passing ways that you're not seeing. He looks one way, passes another in midair. This is not something that's done by every passer. This is not something that's done by every point guard. I'm telling you, he is, he's like Magic Johnson 2.0. He's like Chris Paul with size. He literally makes every player better. Watch this play. As he comes up and he could just find that window. The way he could find the window it is defined is, is absolutely amazing. On that, you can't go on the pick and roll. You can't set. You can't move on a double team because he will see you. That bounce pass was absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. Now, let's go ahead and take a look how he could attack the basket. Watch the man coming up on the backside and still hit them. He's, he is on a, he's elite. He's elite. Let's just, just take a look at this. What? How do you get Dwight Howard that open? At, at one point last game, he had Dwight Howard shooting six for six. Is He is the king. He is hands down one of the best passing big men who ever played the game. I could sit back and watch him for hours and hours and hours, and we could, we could find, go through this with a fine-tooth comb, and we can see that every single move that's made, look how he allows the man to come up and play. Dwight Howard was wide open. Hands down, look at this. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. You cannot sit back and have a player of his caliber and think to yourself, he is not king. He can score. He can defend. He can rebound. He can pass. He is the one player on the court that is the most dangerous. He's like Wes Unsell with, with ball handling skills. He, think about it. You watch Anthony Davis. You see the plays. How many times do they go, the pass goes from one paint to the other paint? Nobody dribbles. Hands down, the greatest passer ever. And that's what I want to analyze. That's what we're going to want to talk about is the beautiful passing into the dimes of LeBron James. Man, that was a beautiful segment for Analyze. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and take a quick little break. We're going to be right back with more ball court. I am Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. Shady or Genius is next. Hang around. Welcome back to Ball Court. I am Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. And guess what? It is time for Shady or Genius. Yes, it is. And I got two things on here that's on the Shady or Genius tablet today. First, I want to talk about the Lake Show. Yes, there may be trouble in Lake of Paradise. Okay, here we go. We're going to go ahead and jump into it. Kyle Kuzma is uh, uh, his trainer, uh, this guy named Clint Parks. Yes, Clint Parks, Kyle Kuzma's trainer, was just like all of us watching that game on Christmas Day with Kawhi versus LeBron. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, don't get me wrong. I was looking at it like, man, LeBron could have been playing a little tough for defense, but hey, he's LeBron. You know, he, if he takes a game off, if he has one bad game, it doesn't really hurt. You know, he's LeBron. But I guess other people were looking at it differently. Now, my guy, Clint Parks, he was saying, watching, let me go ahead, 
Let me go ahead and throw. Why did the graphic jump up on the screen? I'm going to go ahead and throw on my glasses for a second. I, he said, watching highlights from yesterday, nobody wants to speak on how sharp his skill set is compared to LeBron's. It's clear who's really in the lab and who isn't. Turn the film on. Somebody was dodging smoke yesterday, and it wasn't Kawhi. That's some tough words. Now, if some, my trainer said that about my boy, I would jump on, I'll jump on Twitter immediately to say something. And Kyle Kuzma did. He jumped on Twitter to say, call a spade a spade with the emoji just like that. Call a spade a spade. Now, that tweet was later on deleted. You know, he's actually turned away from it and started to make it seem as if, you know, he has no problem. He can't control what another person says. That's what he told LeBron. He can't control what somebody else is saying, but he has no problem with LeBron. LeBron knows how their friendship works and things of that nature. And I, and I honestly do believe him. Of course, LeBron stated that, you know, anybody who's trying to get some kind of uh, name off of him, name recognition, is going to drop his name in there. So there may not be love lost, but... That leads me to believe, knowing LeBron, is time, anytime there's a boat rocking and, there, and that ship is set sail for championship and it starts rocking a little bit, you got to get rid of some dead weight. Here's why I consider this story shady. Now, we all know that when you tweet something, it's not like it accidentally is tweeted. It's... You got to go through a lot of steps to actually go ahead and get it to be tweeted. You got to go there. You got to select it. Type it in, then hit send, and let it go. So we know Kyle Kuzma actually went ahead and his first thought was call a spade a spade. Now, you know that how LeBron is, a very liberal person. He's going to take it on the chin and be like, yeah, you know, ain't no hard feelings. It's all good. But it may not be all good because we jump on to the second topic of Shady or Genius. Yes, we're going to talk about how Kevin Love, one of LeBron's great friends, is no longer happy being in Cleveland. And as a matter of fact, he said that, I guess there's love lost. No pun intended. You know, in Cleveland, right now, he's not happy with the management. He's not happy with the way they're doing things. And he actually broke down and was emotional about how unhappy he is being there. With a trade deadline looming, and now we're us being in trade season, it seems like just the right time for Kevin Love to become unhappy being in Cleveland. Cleveland's not really going anywhere. You have a dynamic player in Kyle Kuzma who scored a whopping 10 points last night against the Pelicans. A whopping 10 points. And as a matter of fact, the game after that tweet, he dropped goose egg. But, you know, and now you have Kevin Love, one of the, pretty much the original, you know, Wes Unsell. As a matter of fact, I think Wes Unsell is his uh, godfather. And he, I'm talking, he could pass it right down, right down, just like the best of them. Now, let's think about this. You got another big man able to grab rebounds and outlet it. Now, who are you going to outlet to? Anthony Davis? Now, and a LeBron James. That would work a lot better than the four points a game that we had put Kyle Kuzma on when we first was talking about, you know, we got to have a Kyle Kuzma watch because he was only doing four points a game. 
And then he had a great outburst in a couple games, especially the Christmas game. And then zeroed and 10. So this kind of shaky basketball, that leaves room for somebody like a Kevin Love. And Kevin Love, I heard, plays power forward. The same position as a Kyle Kuzma. So you add a Darren Collison in there with a Kevin Love. So you now have a, you have more bench scoring because now you have an ability to spread the floor, utilizing three-pointers everywhere you go. You have somebody who's going to give you rebounds and start the outlet. So you're going to have the same fashion of uh, play on the bench that you have actually as your starting lineup. This could actually be something that hurts Kyle Kuzma greatly. If I was Kyle, I would tell his trainer, shh, I don't pay you to talk. I pay you to train. And that's been shady or genius. <laughs> he to train to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> but, hey, I want to go ahead and jump into the next segment. Yes, the segment you've all been waiting for. I want everybody singing with me. Come on, let's kick it. Let's kick it. Come on, y'all. Let's kick it. All right. On that Let's Kick It segment, we're going to be talking about some hotness. I'm not going to give you all the hotness because guess what? The Let's Kick It episode two is going to be coming along soon. Yeah, there's going to be more hotness on there. And I'm going to have JT the sneaker guy with me for that one. But for this, for right now, I'm going to give you some Let's Kick It. And the first thing we're going to start off with is, can you guess? Yes, the Nike LeBron 17s. But this one is going to be the infrared. Yes, the infrared is coming out on the 24th of January. I cannot wait. When you take a look at this stitching, that the 23 that you have so prominent on the tongue, stitched out, this is absolutely beautiful. I'm telling you, the hand skills on this one, the person who designed this one, they went above and beyond. And the thing that I love the most about this shoe is if you take a look closely on the tongue, yes, that's exactly what you see. The shoelace holder. They're bringing it back. And they're bringing it back for the LeBron 17 infrared. It's gonna, that, that's going to be hot. That's a definite must-have. And, and it's coming out at 200 Not bad for a pair of LeBrons. And that's going to be the 24th of January later on this month. So please go ahead and keep on looking out for that. Now our next one. And this one, I wish JT the Sneaker Guy was here with me on this one because I know this one he's going to absolutely love. Yes, on the 19th of January, the Air Foam 1s are being released in the cracked lava color. Woo! That cracked lava colorway is absolutely amazing. It looks like red snake skin on it. It is going to be so fire. And now, with this, I know you're sitting here saying, what could I wear with those? Absolutely anything. Anything with the orange, anything with blue, I mean, anything with red, anything with black, anything with those colors, it will pop. You could even wear a single white t-shirt and some jeans and it would be absolutely amazing. But if you really going to want to rock them, I'm going to have to say you're going to have to rock it with a JT Sneaker Guy outfit. I'm talking a pair of foam, Alonzo Morning jersey, the home jersey at that. You're going to love it. I'm telling you. Next, next, the Adidas Dame 6. You know I love those. But this one, he's coming out on the 25th of January, the Stone Cold Steve Austins, the 316. Woo! Those is absolute fire. 
I'm gonna tell you, I would definitely cop them. A because I love the I love the blue undertone that they have, the blue with the splashes of gold on them, as well as how the black is actually engulfed in them. I absolutely love it. I'm telling you, from heel to toe, those are one of the best ball balling shoes. I will wear those to play in. And and the best part about it is if you don't already have a shoe deal and you're playing for the Golden State Warriors, it matches your uniform. You don't have to wear Under Armors if you don't want to. That is okay. All right? Now, but before I go, before I leave, you know me, I like to give my shout-outs, but I'm not going to give my shout-out just as yet because I have a little video for y'all that I want everybody to go ahead and watch. I'm going to pop it up on the screen. This is my newest sponsor. Yes, I want to give a shout-out to you, and y'all been doing so much for me, and I like the way things has been going. So we got to talk about them. The reason we're going to talk about them is because before I go ahead and get this video started, we got to talk about the fact that there's a lot of people out here that's trying to do some big things. Outside of just our folks that listen to the Let's Kick It that wants to resell shoes, or those people who are looking to start their own basketball training facilities and training gym, cash is going to be necessary. And that's why you're going to have to talk up with my boys at the Cash to Check-In. Check out this video. Tell me what you think. Cash to Checking is one of the nation's leading finance companies, providing up to $400,000 in unsecured funding for business or personal use. We have relationships with over 250 lenders nationwide. Through the use of our proprietary software, we are able to secure over 80% more funding for our clients. We help clients obtain funding for real estate investment, business startups, down payment assistance, working capital, medical, legal, education, funeral expenses, and more. We also provide 100% financing on fix and flips if you can qualify. We do not offer credit cards or lines of credit, which can later be revoked. Our loans are funded solely in cash to our borrowers in five to seven days. There are no prepayment penalties and no collateral requirement. Leverage our expertise to obtain fast approvals, no upfront costs, and affordable payments with cash going straight to your checking. So what are you waiting for? Let Cash to Checking make that next deposit to help with your funding needs. Visit us online at cashtochecking.com or call 310-987-0824 to start your funding today. That was Cash to Checking. Man, you got to go to them guys. 80% more financing. Come on, more people are getting approved. Y'all got to jump on these guys. I want to say thank you to everybody who's been watching. I want to tell y'all, if y'all have not gone to YouTube and checked out the ball court and subscribed and hit that bell, please go ahead and do so. Also, go to CWNSports.com and subscribe to Ball Court, the new show, Let's Kick It, that's coming out. We also got to give a shout out to them boys. They over there doing their big thing with the Blitz, Malik and y'all. Keep it coming, keep it coming. As a matter of fact, I made an appearance on one of Malik's shows. Y'all got to check that out on the Blitz. Also, you got to wake up, check out that Sean Harvey Morning Show. They're doing their thing up there. And call in. Talk to them. These some good people. These are some good people. Also, Fusion Sports is coming back. It's going to be hotter than ever. And keep on sticking around as we grow right here at CWN Sports. I got to give you all a shout out. Thank you for putting me on every week. You can check me out. Follow me at Drew World or at Ball Court TV. And we are out of here. I want to thank y'all for watching Ball Court. This has been the world of basketball. I'm Coach Drew.
This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.